Hello, uh, welcome to episode five of Three Pricks and a Podcast. Um, it's been a rather long time, actually. I do believe 217 days. Not since we last recorded, but since there was an actual uh, race. Um, but yeah, we're back. So I hope you missed us and I hope you're listening. Um, I'm Rich and joining me as always are Andrew and Mark. How are you guys doing? Very good, thanks, Rich. Very good indeed. Just glad to be back racing. Yeah, it yeah. feels weird. Yeah, it's not hypothetical. It actually happened. There was actually a race in the history books in the year of uh, 2020. So uh, That's amazing. I know. <laughs> I'm pinching myself. Um, uh-huh. And what a race. Um, yeah, that was uh, very, very entertaining. Uh, very exciting. I don't think I've yelled at the TV <laughs> during a race day that much in probably, I don't know, maybe 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it very was. exciting. It, it was a slow burn to start with, though. I, I was fearing at one point that we were just going to have a dull race. But obviously, mm-hmm. what, two thirds of the way in, it just went crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. that was the same. I thought we were just going to settle back into the typical Mercedes pattern. OK, that's fine. Maybe it'll be an interesting P3. Um, and there was. But I just thought it was going to be another um, one two procession and yeah so but it yeah it just completely um smashed my expectations mm-hmm. come on mark i know you're full of thoughts about this one you've been sitting on this all day <laughs> i have i have and it's, it's just i i'm still sort of digesting and thinking hey we we've had a race and it was real um it wasn't complete mercedes dominance mm-hmm. it was Almost, if you finish, you've got a point. You've got to feel a little bit sorry for, for Latifi and his debut. But yeah. it, 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 there were so many things in the last half or third of that race that, that happened. It, it sort of makes you forget that we'd sat there for 40 laps. And, and really, it was Mercedes dominance. And they were going to mm. walk away with a one team. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there was something to be said for, obviously... It was a race that was impacted by safety cars, but it wasn't, I didn't feel it was tainted in any way. I didn't feel like the safety cars completely, um, I don't think of what I'm looking for now. Um, <laughs> no, no, nobody lost out because of the safety cars. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it helped create the excitement, but you don't sit there and think, actually, driver so-and-so really missed out because they timed it wrong or they were at the wrong part of the track when the car got called out um you know it, it definitely added for the excitement of the race but i don't sit there and you don't say well actually you know vettel's finished 10th because of a bad safety car called vettel's finished 10th because of reasons we'll get into shortly i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> oh poor vettel uh, yeah it's it's hard to not feel a bit sorry for Max because he was on a different strategy to the Mercedes and 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 had a chance and obviously that was the only thing that happened in the before the first pit stops really were him and Danny Rick retiring. Indeed, indeed, indeed. I mean the race itself. I mean if we go back to the uh, the very beginning with the green lights um, at the beginning. Um, Obviously, Bottas got a very, very clean start and pulled away. Like, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I'm used to Mercedes starts where they just kind of disappear within the first lap, but I was really impressed by his pace. And I think that's mm-hmm. where my doubts about the race started to already kind of set in. I thought, here we go, here we go. Um, and, yeah, it was just crazy. Um, the fact that Max dropped out so soon after the actual race commenced, Mm-hmm. that's when I started to wonder like, if we could have something a little bit more interesting on our hands. Yeah, um, yeah I wasn't wrong. <laughs> no, it was, it, as you said, the, the real excitement at the start from, from what I can remember, is, and I've only seen it back once since, is is really Lando, isn't it? It's, mm. it's Lando and uh, Albon, was it on the first? I can't remember. Yes. Um, yes. Because at one point I thought 
I thought Lando had done it, and then I looked back up at the screen, and and an album was back ahead. You know, it was, it it was close going into the first couple of laps between those two. Yeah, uh, um, with Lando as well. Like I've I've always banged on about this particular team and this particular driver, and I've not really had a Formula One season with favourites in such a long time. But I've not felt that invested in a driver in an opening lap. In I don't think since the friends and days with Jordan, like with Lando in that McLaren now, I've got this guy I'm rooting for. I watched him on the grid at the green lights and I was so tense because he was in such a good position. And I was just like kind of fearful of please don't be, you know, please don't collide with anyone. Please don't fall back in the pack. And yeah, I've, I've, I've got actual nerves again. I don't know if that was made worse by the fact it'd been the first time I've watched a race in so long, but I was edging, I was at the edge of my seat within the first lap, and yeah, it was, it was just fantastic, was fantastic. Absolutely, and I guess you know, even even now, I, I I sat there and first race of the season, you always wonder what's going to happen, who's going to do well, is there going to be carnage because everyone's rusty, mm-hmm. um, and uh, all that sort of stuff, you know, as, as as they pulled in off the off the warm up lap and and the race was about to get going so the rev started rising you know my heart rate increases so god knows what it does to the drivers because i'm just the anticipation is is you know the the, the build-up is great um and yeah same as you i just wanted to see that uh, that orange car get through in one piece mm-hmm. um and you know um hamilton was going to be quite angry i think behind this helmet and uh, and i just uh you know not that he'd deliberately take anyone out i i I, kind of get the feeling still with hamilton when that red mist comes down he can make a mistake and that might be at the detriment of of other drivers um but yeah we made it through and i guess you know andrew first time you were watching a race live for, for, for some time. How was that? How, how I was literally going to say, you're, you're putting your season review DVDs away now and you're a copy of yeah. F1 2019 and watching the real thing live. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can actually say I've, I've watched a live race. And I think when I've seen F1 in the past, you know, when you watch, when you, I mean, different for you guys because you've liked it for a long time. But when I was younger and I'd see people watching F1, it was always a bit, um, what, so it, it, it always looked oh, it's like so long. It's, it's such a long thing it's like, uh, and and this time it was like I was on the edge of my seat for the entire time because obviously something something changed slightly um in how I enjoy it and um yeah it was it was great um it was great to see something live you know I'm so used to seeing reviews where they cut everything down but being able to see the whole thing and the tension that builds and this one was an interesting one because it was almost comical in the fact that so many people left the track or had an issue or had to retire so it, it, they were just i think within 10 laps between lap 14 and lap 22 three people retired you know and then and that was the first three that was three out of how many retired in the end it was nine nine, was, nine. yeah so it, it was just kind of it, yeah it was it was almost comical how how bad how bad that was um for the first race of the season on a track that is um as they kept saying it's the shortest track isn't it? it's the shortest lap mm-hmm. of any track in the season um and uh, you know it didn't it doesn't look like a particularly taxing track either um compared to some of the other ones that that, that we've raced in fact in in f1 2019 this this track feels and looks fairly tame in comparison and yet here we are with you know and i know it wasn't the track in that was at fault a lot of the time it was the cars it was the uh, you know we had uh lance stroll who went off because of um power issues you've got mm-hmm. um all sorts of other things you, you know, there's a whole th- a whole section we could talk about in terms of um uh albon you know going off towards the very end so yeah there's there's yeah it was it was an interesting race that's for sure it won't be, won't be one that i forget anytime soon <laughs> i don't remember the last time we actually had an opening round that was that much a race of attrition um mm. i mean i always remember you know over the years watching australian grand prix when you did see a number of retirements but i can't remember the last time we had that many drivers drop out um, no in fact i think we may have had an australian grand prix not that long ago where all the starters finished which yeah. you know you sort of 
get right. to get to the start of the season and you think well you know it, it, it did really used to be like it was today where if you finish you pretty much guarantee yourself a point um yeah i mean i i, I can't think back to a time where where an opening race has has done that and like you said war, war of attrition you know a lot of that was was down to the fact of, of the aggressive curbs and and yeah. how the cars reacted to that. I mean, it's it's always been a place where there's been runoff and curbs, but um, you know there were some serious sounding messages coming from 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 Mercedes at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I at one point I was thinking that they were probably playing the team game and getting the right. cars to hold station, but then James Vowles came on the radio, and that doesn't happen unless there's something very wrong um and of course you know you get the drivers bitching and moaning saying well he's using more curb than me and you know all, all, all of that sort of stuff but um ultimately they they did i can't remember which lap it was now but but you know hamilton dropped back a second one lap to to, to, to make the gap sort of one and a half seconds and, and and from there on it was sort of race over between the mercedes um so it was after the first safety car but before the second wasn't it it was about the halfway point wasn't it they, yeah. they made that call and that's when i started to think are we going to see a ret- are they going to like bring the cars in is there going to be a retirement that's when the race I mean, obviously past the Verstappen, the shock of the Verstappen retirement, I just started to think this is getting interesting now because I'm seeing a panic Mercedes and we all love to see a panic Mercedes team. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, my curiosity started to spike. I was like, ooh. Um, uh, ab- absolutely. And I guess the big question is because it, it, it seems like it was gearbox sensors rather than suspension yeah. sensors that were causing mm-hmm. the concern. Obviously, gearboxes need to last a defined number of races um how does that affect how mercedes race next weekend on the same track with the same gearbox it's not the same track stereo it's it's a different place it's far away land (laughs) (laughs) i really like that naming scheme by the way it does feel like a made-up grand prix like saying in a video game that doesn't have the license it's really really cool i love it it's fantastic so But yeah, that does raise a really interesting question. Um, how will they approach it? And I mean, I guess the good thing is, from a team point of view, not from a fan point of view, is they had a lot of running in the dry and the, you know, the conditions were good Friday and Saturday this weekend. So they could, in theory, sit in the garage all day Friday and Saturday. If it doesn't rain, if the conditions are the same, you know, we might barely see a lap from anybody mm. until qualifying. Um, but, you know, hopefully that's not the case. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So, yeah, I mean, so. practice does seem, I don't know, practice seems kind of pointless to me. It does. Um, we're in the same place. I don't know. It, 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 it does at this point in the season, because obviously teams have had pre-season testing so they know which bits of the cars work and don't you know ferrari already have an upgrade coming for hungary um and you know we already know that that's not the final upgrade and we know it's not expected to move them very far forwards in terms of lap time based on um what was said in the post-race interviews but um you know there's not a lot that teams are going to learn about their cars in 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 those couple of hours yeah true true and and even less when it comes to next week yeah no definitely definitely um it's one of the things that did actually kind of what i did go into the race kind of wondering about was how it was gonna feel with um the lack of fans in attendance and i know obviously for you andrew obviously it's you've got the novelty of it watching your first race live but it's also the novelty of having a race where you know we are in the middle of a pandemic and there's no one in the grandstands. I mean, how did that come off to you on television? I mean, I didn't really feel it at all versus most other sports. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've never, I guess I've never had the experience of a crowd, you know, live anyway. But at the same time, yeah, I don't think it, it didn't really, I did, yeah, like you said, it didn't affect how it felt because the focus was so much on the cars and what was going on on the track. Yeah, you just didn't, I don't, I, I personally didn't feel 
any any difference there so uh, it, it'll definitely be nice when we have people back mm. i think the, the yeah. it, it felt weird at the end with the podium stuff but yeah. the actual race on the track it, it didn't affect it whatsoever and, and i was still very excited and still very edge of edge of my seat um without having anybody there to kind of uh, you know applaud and cheer it, it, it didn't necessarily need that but yeah the end was just a bit uh what's the word for it it was it was a bit muted um mm-hmm. they they did their best you know and obviously there was a lot of excitement especially for for norris but it, yeah it, it it was muted for sure um and, but yeah. and i think jensen summed that up at the end when you know norris came jumping jumping through and saying you know i just want to give you a hug ram you know it's <laughs> it's, it's 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 really hard because yeah. you know everyone's got this sort of uh, passion for, for Lando and seeing him come through last year and obviously yeah. Jensen with the connection to McLaren as well you know it, it, it is a shame in some ways um, you know um, but in a way I'm kind of glad that Albon didn't come through and win it because he'd have not had the full race winning experience to take your mm. first win there yeah. and you know I it, it, it very much looked like at one point he would come through and and take the three cars that were ahead of him. You know? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I was surprised by that. I never really felt for a second that I, that he was going to be in the running to grab the victory. Obviously the podium, but yeah, I was surprised when he obviously he mentioned that and other people did, and obviously yourself as well. So, I mean, an album win, yeah, would have been amazing. But I just I didn't really see the likelihood. But I was obviously wrong. Red Bull seem to have seen it because uh, I think Corner has already said that he wants an apology from Hamilton because uh, <laughs> because uh, they thought that yeah he could have won Albon could have won um, if it wasn't for that particular incident but yeah there's, uh, I, I have a I have a good feeling that they will not hear any kind of apology from us for what happened at all nah, nah, nah. Uh, 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 and rightly so I am yeah. not Hamilton's biggest fan but for a five second penalty for that mm. it doesn't fit right with me especially now we you know that set a precedent for the rest of the season really hasn't it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. true yeah Definitely. it's going to be a weird season anyway isn't it i mean it's what we've only got is it eight races so far that have been that confirmed mean, yeah. yeah yeah so th- we know of it's going to be a shortened season so all the points are going to count which means all the penalties are going to count in you know it's it's, it's going to be felt even even more than usual because you know in a normal season what is it 2021 races um if you get a penalty one time that kind of knocks you out of contention for the podium yeah fine okay you can make it back the next time you know as long as you're not too far in the season it's it's okay but even the first race that's gonna hurt because you know fourth place for lewis at this point with with so few races you know people are going to be you know, it's going to be much easier for people to kind of take his uh, potential victory away from him. And and this is the, this is the year, right? That if he gets this um, world championship, then he's beaten the record. Is that correct? Am he I thinking right? Tied with Schumacher. Tied. Okay, so he's yeah. tied. So he needs this. I mean, if he doesn't get it, then it resets, doesn't it? Right? I guess it's not consecutive then. So he needs this in order to to get it. And uh, yeah, so I can see that's going to sting. Like, so yeah, it, it probably wasn't the right decision um and it's gonna affect his chances um it's either gonna knock him i reckon it's either gonna knock his confidence and he's gonna have a really terrible season or this is gonna spur him on to win every single race for the rest of the season so we'll have to see what happens (laughs) as as much as i hate to say it it's likely to be the latter (laughs) Um, um, i i really do just want to have a scrap for the title Mm. um and I don't think we're going to get it because mm. you know, take the gearbox sensor issues aside and uh, uh, and all of that, you know, Mercedes were in qualifying the fastest car by a long yeah. way. Um, the first part of the race before the first safety car, they were, what, 10 seconds ahead of the third place driver? Yes. Um, and they weren't driving flat out. No, um, you you could see they weren't. Um, so you know that car is fast. So when we get to Hungary, I think it'll be interesting. Um, you know, 
I know we've got next weekend to get through first, but <laughs> I still can't see anything other than a Mercedes one two on you know all, all, everything going to plan and you know no safety cars, no stewards decisions, that sort of thing. You got to think that Hamilton will be on it in qualifying next Saturday and probably beat Bottas by three four tenths and then won't look over his shoulder for the whole race. I mean. Uh, with the car being known to be quite skittish, and I know I don't obviously having seen the bad luck um, Stappen's had, I feel like obviously it's only been one race, but I do think that Red Bull is a bit of an unknown quantity at the moment, and Ferrari are basically in the bin. So yeah, you say that, but but, okay, McLaren did a good job, but I don't know that car. He did do a good job, but Hamilton had a penalty. We lost two Red Bulls. So, so that automatically puts him in fifth on a normal weekend. Yeah, but that, but that, by that account as well, Norris wouldn't have had a chance if it, were, if it wasn't for that. And yet we're like hugely celebrating so, his so, so, podium. So you say that, but he qualified fourth. He was showing good pace over the weekend. Yeah. He mm. would have been in and around uh, Albon and Verstappen, I think. Um, that yeah. they're clearly ahead of the Ferraris on pace from from from, from what we've seen. Um, uh, so yeah, you're right. You know, yes, Norris got a bit of luck, and you know, were it not for that monster of a last lap he done, Hamilton oh, would have finished me. ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Um, because what was it? 0.2 seconds. He ended up beating Hamilton by when the penalty yeah. was applied. Um, you know. Uh, but of course, he gets the extra point as well for fastest lap. So you know, yeah, really good start for. I love for, the fact I saw his interview um, afterwards, and he mentioned that in that last lap, he didn't know that Hamilton had the penalty. So he really? didn't. He put down the fastest lap just because. Just because. I was like, wow! <laughs> I just honestly thought he was on it with the knowledge. I was. I think it was on the interview with Channel Four afterwards. Right. Yeah, I was stunned when he said that. So <laughs> he easily could have just. Coasted it. Oh yeah, well, yeah. You know, True. He alright. Mm. So incredible. Uh, yeah. Sorry, uh, you know, what I've been thinking. I, I'm not. I mean, I don't know much about the tracks. I mean, you know, you know how new I am to this. But one thing that struck me this time is that it, it, there was a big deal made of the fact that it's turns nine and ten that they had this. I think it was nine and ten. It might have been eight and nine. I can't remember. But the what the the issues they had with um going over the line which is different from previous years i believe so they've they've basically changed the bounds of the track in that particular area do mm. you think that do you think that affected the way i mean obviously obviously it affected the way people drove but do you think that affected the outcome as well if 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 this was the same the track same the same track bounds as last year would we have seen people attacking that differently do you think we'd have seen a different um podium potentially so I, I i think in previous years we've seen a lot more qualifying times deleted because of cars drifting all four tires mm. over that white line. Um, you know, it got very technical during qualifying because we had the safety car demonstrating where mm. where track limits were and weren't <laughs> acceptable. I guess a lot of the problem is that if you give the cars a big runoff area, which we've done for safety and all of the right reasons over over the past twenty odd years the driver is going to use that to their advantage and exploit it. You know, you, you mm-hmm. go back to, you know, what the commentators say, you know, Brundle, Coulthard, they, they, they all say it. If this is Monaco, if this is Singapore, the other side of that white line is a brick wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. you, you know, so you don't get an opportunity to even put two wheels over a white line on a street <laughs> circuit like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, maybe I've tried. <laughs> it, 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 it doesn't sit right with me that that actually what we're actively saying as as you know the rule makers and, and and the organizers saying that bit of track yeah just use as much as you like get get a great exit out and and floor it down the start finish straight for your next lap you know it, it's it's fine um and you know if if it was turn three or four you know where we saw Grosjean put a wheel just onto the gravel it, it spun mm-hmm. him round um, uh... yeah that, that that guy has the worst luck like it's it's, it's nearly every race right that something happens is, is it the worst luck or is it lack of skill 
Um, I, I love the guy. I, I love the guy. But, you know, how many chances has he had? And, and what dirt does he have on Gunther Steiner and Gene Haas to still have that seat? Because mm-hmm. even the first series of Drive to Survive, you know, it, it sort of ended to say, you know, how has he still got a job? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, um, uh, but in in his defence, it appears as though the Haas team have had some pretty serious break issues over the weekend, doesn't it? Because we saw mm-hmm. Kevin Magnussen as he was getting overtaken by Ocon, his front left brake just went, didn't it? And, and sent yeah. him straight off the track. So, um, you know, um, it might not all be driver problem today, um, to be kind. <laughs> I feel Hass isn't actually to me. I look at Hass on the track, and I feel like they've not actually done any work since we last watched them. Like, I just it's one of those teams. It's just you're in exactly the same place as where we left off. Like, I look mm-hmm. at Williams. I think yeah, I see the upward momentum. You know, they're still at the back, but you're seeing the gap being closed. You can see they've actually made some progress from last year. Hass, I'm just yeah. like, I don't know. That was quite upsetting, really, wasn't it? When. Um, uh, remind me the name of the Williams driver Russell mm-hmm. when he went when he had to retire that was because he was doing really well up to that point like he got up to 12th at one point yeah and for Williams that's pretty damn good um at the moment um and then to have gone out that's I mean that yeah that was upsetting I mean there was a few instances like that when it, you know it was really upsetting that one of the drivers kind of went out but yeah that in particular w- Williams by all accounts, especially after the you know the virtual racing that we've had for the past few months, and Williams have done pretty well, and to then see them come back onto the track, and and Russell, who's been one of the biggest, you know, so as well as Norris, he's been one of the big people from the virtual scene to for, to see him do well in real life. Um, it was was really nice, and then it was yeah. just absolutely gutting to see it all taken away. Um, absolutely, yeah. and of course he's probably the only other guy other than Hamilton that doesn't want to see Bottas win um, at the moment <laughs> because of his uh, links to, to to Mercedes, and he's got eyes on that seat. But mm. it, it, it's interesting you were saying about Haas going backwards. So after qualifying yesterday bottom three teams in terms of performance relative to their qualifying time last year were Alfa Romeo just over a second slower than they were this time this time last year Ferrari almost a second slower than than last year and then Haas uh, 0.6 of a second so the interesting thing there is of the bottom three performers in qualifying relative to last year they're all Ferrari powered cars and you know we Let's let's not go into how Ferrari's engine tailed off towards the end of last year and the secret settlement with the FAA that we've touched on mm. probably at the start or at the false start for the season. But, you know, the fact that of the, of the there were four teams slower than they were in qualifying 2019, the other one's Red Bull and it was marginal. Um, you know, three of them are Ferrari powered. I think that tells you all you need to know about the fact that has have gone backwards um mm-hmm. it's something's happened with that power unit yeah mm-hmm. uh, and speaking of ferrari obviously we should talk about one of those one of the other incidents in the race and that was the uh little collision between uh it's quite a symbolic one actually the little collision mm-hmm. between uh, vettel and uh your favorite andrew <laughs> so you read my mind rich i was literally <laughs> going to bring this up as well <laughs> Go on, yeah. No, it was, it was, yeah, it was definitely, it was symbolic. I mean, obviously, you know, it, it realistically, it wasn't, you know, it just so happened that they were at the same point on the track and blah blah blah. But yeah, it was like you could tell there was there was something going on there. Vettel obviously wanted to. I did remind me exactly what happened again because there's so much that happened in this race, so it might be useful for me to have a, a recall. I, I remember the signs. Signs came off the best. <laughs> so signs was was battling with Leclerc wasn't he Mm. Um, oh that's right yes turn three yes and he was up the inside of Leclerc but decided there probably wasn't enough room and backed out of it Mm -hmm. um Vettel came from another country um, (laughs) and and tried to slip it up the inside of, of of signs and um as he was trying to back out of it and 
still trying to make them. I'm, I'm not sure what Vettel was doing, but effectively he realised far too late that the move needed to be aborted, and in doing so, he sent himself around. I don't think he actually touched him. Mm. I might be wrong. Um, so I think you know Vettel. Vettel realised that he wasn't going to make the move and and spun all by himself which we saw a couple of times yeah. last season from him um mm. and I, I i think i caught the end of the the, the the channel 4 coverage this evening and and you know i think mark weber was kind of suggesting that he's mentally already checked out he knows he's oh, yeah. not there next season and actually will he make the end of this season um, you can you could tell by i mean just the qualifying the fact that he did i mean i know that you know the cars aren't great but even so, you know, a, a good driver could potentially still work with the issues. And I don't think he cared enough to. Um, and then and, yeah. there's something about it, because obviously there was uh, either it was the fact that it was the person who's taking over from him. He saw red in front. You know, he saw this person in front of him, saw red. And he's like, you know, I'm just going to go for it and see what I see if I can get past him and, you know, show Ferrari that actually I'm. I'm still good um, and really misjudged it. Or I, there's this thing in my head. I'm thinking, well, he, he's either going to retire or he needs to go somewhere else next season, wherever that might be. And perhaps he got a kick up the ass between um, between qualifying and the race to say, actually, you know, if you if you need if you want to keep racing, you need to show that you're able to do it. And then he saw this chance to show up the person who's taking over his seat. I mean, you know, obviously just speculation can't tell. He, he, either he's seen red and he wants to get back at the person who's taken over from, or he's realised that he has to show some kind of, uh, yeah, he has to show that he's still in the game somehow in order to take a seat next year. But um, so he, yeah, I'm not sure. It's, something has happened in that Ferrari relationship because yeah. before Melbourne, it was all, he's our number one choice. We want him to stay um, it almost sounded like contract negotiations were ongoing. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously, since Melbourne, it turns out that that Vettel and Raikkonen had both left the country before the race was officially called off. Um, you know, we we knew it was going that way, but you know, Vettel and Raikkonen flew home together before the race was called off. Um, that probably didn't sit well with Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know a lot has changed in the world in those three months um but uh to find out that you know there wasn't even an offer on the table yeah that was um is is you know they never even sat down to negotiate you know this Mm -hmm. this science conversation Danny Ricardo conversations that they've been going on since the end of last year. And I think I'd said at the end of last season, it wouldn't have surprised me if he wasn't on the grid at the start of this season. Um, Mm -hmm. He is here, but I don't know how much longer he's going to be here. But I guess that poses another question as what do Ferrari do? Do they pay Mm -hmm. McLaren to release Carlos Sainz early? And then does that mean Daniel Ricciardo moves across to McLaren <laughs> mid-season? Yeah. It, 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 what what do Ferrari do? do? Do they do they ring Fernando Alonso and say, "Do you want half a season?" Because <laughs> because look at the Red Bull dominance and how much better that Red Bull was compared to the Ferrari um, mm. during Vettel's title-winning years. Yeah. But every year, every year, Alonso was taking it to the wire in terms of you know would the red bull be the champions um mm. uh, but again he's now had what two seasons out yes mm-hmm. yeah two so so i guess if you're ferrari what what option is out there um actually i've just thought of one and we were talking about okay. him earlier and he sat at home and had a nice lounge um and it's, it's hulkenberg isn't it oh, that'd mm. be good that'd be good that would be good. My my first thought was potential. I mean, they they could. I, it was my first thought, and then I kind of realised that they couldn't do it. But there was all talk at the beginning about what happens if somebody tests positive for coronavirus and has to sit out of the race. And they have um, F two drivers, don't they, who are gonna who would take over for them. Mm-hmm. So obviously that's something. You know, if 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 you know if that all happened to just go ah screw it and just dropped yeah. out, or you know if, if Ferrari went out, you know. Well, they, yeah, they, I mean, they could have somebody from F two to come through and I, I, I can already see in your eyes you know <laughs> i was kind of going with that 
And Alice is going. Is that, was, was was he was he there? Was he there standing? Do we know? Well, Mick. I, I, yeah. I don't know if Ferrari actually have a third driver as such. They all um, do at the moment, but because of coronavirus, but not obviously in like, in like a permanent one, but just yeah, standing um, for a race. But uh, yes, it's yeah. I don't. I, I, I don't officially know who who Ferrari had as their nominated third or reserve driver. They, they haven't used those people though for the whole se- for the rest of the season. That would be impossible to do. It would be and it would be unfair on the other drivers, especially people like Norris, Albon. You know, people who've come in recently to have an F2 driver just kind of zip up the line to, to Ferrari suddenly and go, "Hey, um, it happens." You know, it, yeah. you know, it it happens. I guess. Um, look at what Red Bull did in the middle of last season. You know, mm. Albon was in his debut uh, season and true. they chucked it, they chucked him in. Um, they did it with Max, you know, um, it, 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 it happens more often than, than, than you think. But I guess what happens if you are Ferrari and you let Vettel go, you've got two drivers tied in for at least probably the next two years based on based on the talk of of what we heard on the contract so say you give mick a chance and mick pushes charles all the way or or or, or, or actually you know mick becomes world champion it's not going to happen you know (laughs) but but but, but, you know what what happens at the end of the season true yeah Um, Let's just bring in old drivers from the Ferrari past, you know, kind of bring them in like one driver each race, like um, have it got these few hosts, you know, <laughs> get Mixado in, Barrichello, it'd be great. They, they, they've done it in the past, haven't they? They, they, they did. They had, did, what, was it one season they had Salo, Fisichella and Badoa? Yes. <laughs> um, you know, it's, uh, it, 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 there's some difficult conversations to have at Ferrari, I think. And, and I, I, I think a lot of it has to has to lay with Seb as the driver, mm-hmm. and actually he needs to look himself in the mirror. Maybe not this weekend. Yeah, wait till after Hungary when there's a week's gap or whatever it is, yeah. and, and 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 stand back and say, "Is my heart in this? I know at the end of the year I am leaving this team. I know at the end of the year I probably don't have a drive in a top team." Mm-hmm. Because let's face it, there's Mercedes won't have him. Um, yeah. oh. Red Bull are full. Ferrari have let him go. That leaves Daniel Ricciardo's seat at, at, at Renault. And actually, mm. are they a are they a top team? No, they're not. No, no, not at all. You know, and 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 I don't see them making the progress that McLaren have. So, you know, I think I think Vettel f- for his own peace of mind needs to take the next two races see see what happens and then be honest with himself and say do i want to line up for the british grand prix hmm. i mean talking about him not being in a top team if he was well he is leaving he's not going to be in a top team and obviously it's going to be his decision ultimately whether he just decides oh, if, if i'm not in a top team i don't want to race anymore but the, but there are people i mean you know Raikkonen raced is still racing and he's not he's no longer in a top team even even in this you know he's not even in a mid team he is in a you know he's in one of the teams at the back of the pack at the moment and also had a particularly terrible time um this race so it's does he go that route uh, he's also technically still a ferrari driver isn't he Raikin? and that's why well, he he's driving care. well no he doesn't <laughs> he, he really doesn't care but again that, that that's an option for ferrari isn't it you stick mm-hmm. Mick in the alpha and you bring Kimmy back for the rest of the season. And that's Nick. True. True. <laughs> that's just one thing, though. No. No, that's make a good point there. Would they bring back Raikkonen? No, it'd be interesting. Oh, they've done it before, haven't they? You know. It's in the Ferrari boomerang, you know. Um, Red Bull, like you said, Red Bull did it last year with uh, Albon and Gassi. I know that's completely different, really, but if they're, you know, if they can do that in that particular team why not swap them around you could if put Vettel in there if he wants to, if he doesn't want to go swap them over Ferrari got it the Ferrari Ferrari don't have any links with any of the drivers in Formula E these days either do they because the, 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 there's a few XF1 drivers there that could potentially fill the seat I guess but 
you know, I, I, as we started this conversation, I'd sort of convinced myself that Seb needed to go. But now we've started talking about it. I'm like, <laughs> actually, there isn't a better option at the moment. No, no. I guess, I mean, because we haven't really talked about it because we haven't really covered all the news cycles. But um, actually, regarding Ferrari signing science, what is your thoughts on that? Because it does surprise me. I would I would have thought they would have gone with someone that would bring more experience in terms of developing the car. And he still seems such a new driver. Um, and I think, I also think Ricardo would have been the better pick in that regard. But I don't know. What about you guys? I, I'm with you on that. I, I, I think I'd have picked Daniel over uh, over Carlos at this point in time. Um, Carlos, a future Ferrari driver, absolutely. But look at Ferrari over the years, and they've always they've always experience over youth. You know that mm. policy seems to have done them well up until you know. Alonso and bringing Raikkonen back and and and, and Vettel, um, so there was a, a shift last season when they brought in Charles to partner um, Seb, and uh, you know it gave them the best of both worlds in theory, didn't experience and youth and hunger. Um, I think the problem there is that they wanted to share the same piece of track far too much mm. last season, yeah. and it caused problems. Um, you know, Carlos will have had what four seasons experience by the time he was, so he's not an inexperienced yes. driver, um, but he's also not used to the pressures of Ferrari, he's not used to the pressures of fighting for victories or championships in the Formula One world, and, and neither yet is his teammate really. You know, he's right. he, he's had a couple, um, he's had a taste, but you know, um, but actually, again, who else out there has? Because Hamilton mm-hmm. and Mercedes have been so dominant over the last few years. You know, I think we talked about it in our preseason Melbourne uh, show um, that that you know, does Max have the temperament to actually take a battle to somebody season long? The race is here and there. Yes, he definitely does. But can he sustain it? And the same questions, you know, there's only one way to find out, really. But, you know, um, at the moment, all I can say is Formula One's going to be exciting when Hamilton finally retires. Because there's a <laughs> lot of younger drivers out there that that think they deserve a world title. And they can't all have one. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I still want to see that happen with. I still want to see that happen with Hamilton on the grid. I don't want to think that the only way we're going to see another world champion is when he's gone. I want to see someone beat him, and I'm cool with Hamilton, but I just want to see someone have his number. And I, 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 I'm not even worried about that. I, I just want to see somebody challenge him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Y- y- you know. Yes. There's. Yeah, Vettel won four world championships. He had the best car. Yes, he did. But he had a teammate that was quite strong, certainly stronger than Bottas has, has been over the last few years. Um, and and you had cars from other teams pushing them all the way because, as we touched, Alonso was there or um, Massa or Raikkonen when he came back. You know, um, outside of his teammate, and the odd odd race where Red Bull had nicked a win last season, he's, he's not really had too much challenge because, again, when Ferrari had the fir- fastest car, they implode. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, and again, a lot of that probably goes down to the fact that Ferrari haven't won a title since 2007. So they're mm. not used to winning. Jeez. Do you think that's why they've gone with um, with Sainz? If they've not won for that long, they're they're going for the two, you know, the young the younger people. I mean, for me, going back to the question that you asked, Rich, I think that I don't know. Ricardo hasn't had the best. I mean, 2019 was absolutely horrendous for him, it and was. this first race this in this season was pretty horrendous for him. I mean, last season was just he just was not able to get out of um, the mid pack at all. Um, 
and he I, I think he's just struggled um and i think that's i mean who's who's his teammate in Renault again remind me uh ocon now isn't yeah. it ocon, yeah who was it last season Hulkenberg. yeah that's for, poor Hulkenberg. Um, but he's, <laughs> I, you know, we we're talking about leading a, you know, leading a team, and I, I know that he's had more experience, but there's also the fact that he's quite a hot-headed guy. He's got, you know, he, he feels like he has a lot to prove, but he's also, I think, I think he's got. Uh, he he's got a bit of a uh, I don't I I want to say temper but I'm not going to say because I don't think he's got a temper but he's got there's a definite hot headedness about him, whereas Carlos is much more he feels like he's um he's he seems quite chilled as it hurts somebody in the Channel Four coverage mentioned him as being quite statesmanlike he's got that um you know that level head about him and the fact that he has been the lead for. Um, a team now you know he would last year he was the he was their lead I believe and I'm not wrong in saying that am I um and this year yeah. most certainly um is so he's got that experience and I think that Ferrari seem to be wanting to go for people who perhaps are not I've just said he's got experience and I'm, now I'm going to say they want people who maybe don't have as much experience as the people that they used to because that hasn't got them anywhere obviously for the past decade or so if they've not won a championship that long so they're obviously wanting to try and take a bit of a risk and you know if they're going to take that risk then Carlos seems to be the one to go with uh, to to shake things up I think it's got to the point with Ferrari where they they've just got to try something new you know Mm -hmm. what's worked in the past in the 90s in, in 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 the early part of the 2000s through the Schumacher dominance and all of that tried and tested you know it it worked um Mm. the world has moved on and they don't seem to have moved on as quickly you know this is it, it it's a bit like the Ferrari of the early 90s when you had Mansell and Prost Except mm-hmm. it's gone on now for about twelve years, where it was it was three or four, and actually, actually they had a good car with Mansell and Prost. It just wasn't very reliable. Um, whereas now they don't have a good car, and last year they did have some reliability issues. Um, and you know, f- for them to come out before this race and say they expected to be a second behind, and they were. And to say, yeah, we've got some updates coming, but it isn't going to help us in a straight line, which is where we've got some real problems. <laughs> you, you, you sort of think, what, what is going on? They, they, they now know what the problems are. Great. Mm-hmm. But how do they fix them? And do they understand how to fix them to take them into next year's design? Because how many times have we seen a promising Ferrari over the past few years, even to the point of testing? Look at early 2019 testing and the performances of Ferrari and and for that to translate onto the track. How many times have we heard them say the data on track doesn't correlate with what we saw in the wind tunnel? Yeah, yeah. I just wonder with Ferrari's form, if it carries on this way, when do you think they'll start making changes up top again as well? I mean, how many seasons have we had of Egon now? I forget his name, so I'll just call him Egon. This is his second <laughs> season, isn't it? Yeah. So we had the Marlborough bro- bloke before that, didn't we? Yes, we did. Um, Arriva Benny. He, he was a proper uh, Italian, wasn't he? Um, yes. Oh, um, yes. It, it, it all went wrong when John Top left. Yes, indeed. You know, indeed. It wasn't too bad with Domenicali, um, but he got pushed out. And as soon as he got pushed out, things got even worse. So, um, you know, it it, it 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 feels like that needs to happen. But again, how many teams make changes up top and things start going wrong? As much as I don't like him, McLaren and Ron Dennis and everything that happened there, and they've ended up, you know, years in the wilderness, if you like. Um, to a lesser extent, obviously, Williams, Claire has come in and things have things had already been taking a downward turn there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Renault, how many people have they been through? Um, 
and you know they've not got any better. Um, so you know what will happen next year if Toto decides that he's going to the pink team, the pink Mercedes. <laughs> I think we have the way that a lot of the teams are. It's definitely um, just compounding the issue we have with uh, Mercedes dominance. It's just everyone needs to get their shit in order, basically, and they they, they aren't. There's, I think the only real real efficient operation really at this time is Red Bull. I feel like, and anyway, anyone else that's doing a good job is probably still so far back they can't even pose a challenge. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. I don't know. I'm hoping with the rule changes, we do start to see the way the teams are operating and the results they're achieving. It just actually starts to change. I don't know. I don't know. But, but mm. what, what, what's sad, though, is that we're one race into the 2020 season yeah. and we're already talking about rule changes making things better. Mm. <laughs> and know? the race was amazing. So what are we complaining yeah, exactly. about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and we've been without it for so long. I mean, yeah. We're never it, happy. It, it, it is strange, isn't it? Because the the race was great. Lots of things happened. Teams finishing not where you'd expect them to. Drivers mm. having bad weekends. Reliability issues. Yet actually, we've just unpicked all of that and said, but if everything went to plan on a normal race weekend, not a lot would have happened, would it? No. And you know, that's you know, you, you might you might always get a team that don't put their wheels on properly. So you might have a Kimmy calling out the safety car, but the chances are it's not going to be right after a safety car that we've had for George Russell when he's pulled off, which yeah. in many seasons past probably wouldn't have been a safety car and i guess i wasn't expecting a full safety car when i saw russell's car off off where it was especially when we have the virtual safety car these days you know there's there's nothing that there's nothing that we couldn't have, have you know they couldn't have pushed that car off the track um under virtual safety car i mean maybe the argument is the field were quite well spread at that point after the first safety car and it's a short lap actually maybe there wasn't enough time for marshals to get to it and push the track push push the car off um but it just surprised me that we saw the safety car out so quickly after russell's car had parked up it was almost as though the fia and and the race director thought what's going to liven this race up <laughs> what should no, we do yeah, there was so a lot to liven it up. I mean, just the, the what was it? Um, Perez almost hitting Norris on the way out of the uh, oh. the way out of the pit. I mean, obviously, it, it, from when when you kind of look back at it, it, it obviously wasn't going to happen. But my heart almost stopped when I saw it the first time. I was like, yeah. oh my god! I was like, literally thought they were about to like crash in the pit lane. Um, and uh, yeah, luckily it, it, it would never have happened. From you know, you look at it from other angles, and it was you know, Perez definitely was was on the ball in terms of looking out for where he was going. But it just looked from the back that that was going to be horrific. Um, uh, yeah, and, and it, it kind of sums up almost the whole of that the whole of that race. There's just so many like little things that went wrong all the way through that just added up into, into just these the fact that nine people were completely out of the race by the end of it. It was uh, and also yeah, pointing out Williams as well. Obviously Russell went, but is it Latifi is that right? The, uh, the the new guy. Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah. There was 11 people. He still finished 11th. He was still out of contention for points. Still. Such a shame. So it was really race, disappointing. Russell. That said, he was a lot closer to George Russell in the race than I thought he might be, mm. based on based on I saw a bit of FP two on Friday, and he was all over the show. You know, the car was going off, he was running wide, he was maybe three seconds slower than Russell um, mm. at, at at the uh. point. I'd I'd stop watching, and I'm, I'm sat there thinking, you know, is is this what Williams need? You know, do Williams mm-hmm. need a Vettel or a Danny Rich sure. or a Raikkonen or, mm. you know, um, he, he's a paying driver, isn't he, Latifi? Is he? Am I right? Uh, I think there's an element of sponsorship there. I've not not gone into 
into the details, but it was it, it was effectively between him and Sirotkin, wasn't it? Um, who's who's the yeah. who's the chap over at? I guess he's the Renault uh, driver still. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, it's it's still sad to see what's going on there, but you know they've made a massive improvement on. Yeah. On, on where they are this year and you can see that and you know George Russell says that um, the car is the best he's, he's felt it you know um, mm. which, which must be so frustrating to put in a you know what you think is a perfect qualifying lap and then um, uh, you see that you're still 19th on the timesheets so anyway yeah yeah so an amazing race all in all um, yeah and I guess we should move on to uh, next race weekend in the mysterious land of Styria. Um, <laughs> so we're going into that race with the uh, championship standings of um, Bottas, Leclerc, and in third place in the Drivers' Championship, Lando Norris. Still Amazing. can't believe that. Um, what are our predictions for the uh, next race? Do you think it's going to kind of be <sighs> copy and paste, or do you think there's going to be... Uh, uh we are not getting the same top 10 in no. the same order. We're not getting the same top <laughs> three in the same no. order. All I can hope is the race is as mad as we have seen today. Cause yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I was sat there and Lila came and watched the last few laps with me. Um, and she was really excited because at one point it looked like Perez was going to be up there. And then obviously he got the penalty and, you know, I think, Racing point nearly said Force India um, look like they probably are the third best team. Yeah, it's between them and McLaren, but great. but you know I think they probably edge McLaren on the basis of the Mercedes power unit. Um, mm. And I, I I can't see beyond Hamilton. I think Hamilton will have one of those bounce back weekends where yeah. he'll get in the car on Friday. And he'll set the fastest lap of the, you know, his first lap will be the fastest lap of the weekend at that point, and nobody will touch him. He will just, mm-hmm. um, he finds that extra quarter, half a second when, when he feels like he's been hard done by, and he has in this instance. Um, uh, then I think he'll have one of those weekends. If he doesn't have one of those weekends, then you seriously have to wonder whether Valtteri could win the championship this year. Because it's what four mm-hmm. consecutive Austrian Grand Prix, isn't it? That Hamilton's not had a podium, which is insane. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah, we've got. I think we've got to um, factor in Red Bull as well because they had such a terrible time this time. If they if they make sure that they you know get all those issues and problems under control, then I, I can imagine Verstappen probably on the podium. Um, but personally, I'm hoping for another Mc, McLaren driver back on the podium again, whether that's Norris or or, or uh, Sainz. Obviously, I'd prefer Carlos. Um, but I know Nor- Norris has been brilliant. So if, if he can get back on the podium again, it would or, or it would also show that, you know, he's well deserving of, uh, you know, of, of the adoration that he's been getting recently. And um, yeah, I, I definitely, I think, Lewis for sure is is going to come back quite strong. I think Verstappen is going to also come back pretty strong. And yeah, if 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 we can get if we can get McLaren on the podium, I'll definitely be happy. Yeah, no, I just I really want to see consistency consistency from them this year. I really really hope. And with the season being as exciting and weird as it is, and that we don't know how many races we're going to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just that, with every race mattering so much. That, um, that, that's got to be a weird thing from from the the driver's point of view isn't it you know you you sit there and you make a mistake in race one and you sort of sit there and think doesn't matter i've got another 20 races here everyone's gonna have a bad weekend you might only have another seven Hmm. you might cancel some of those races in case there's a rail break literally like exactly you know i guess You know, flip flip side is, you know, any of those races get cancelled and we don't have eight, it's not officially a world championship. But yeah, you know, true. um that 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 there were talks, I don't know if it was Toto saying that he thinks the season might end in China. They might end up going back to China. 
Wow. Um, to, to, to finish, <laughs> he said um, the, the problems they've got with China is at the moment there's quarantine in and quarantine out, but that's looking like it might get better the later into the year we go. So mm-hmm. it, it, it could be Abu Dhabi, China to finish the season based on what Toto was saying. Um, but, you know, at what point do we make that decision? Well, not we, but <laughs> but the oh. Liberty and... and, and and everyone make that that decision you know are we racing in Magello? are we racing at that track in portugal mm, you know uh, d- do we go to Wimela? you know it's it, they've put a lot of measures in place and they seemed to be quite effective um this this weekend you know yes there were images of vettel and horner talking without masks and i'm still not sure while valtteri's girlfriend was there but you know um <laughs> yeah that i was yeah that had me scratching my head i was like we we're talking about how it's only essential personnel and it's like what <laughs> I'd, I'd also missed the whole story about how he separated from his wife before the last Mm -hmm. Grand Prix last season and said he wanted to focus on his career only to be with this this other person (laughs) come come February this year you know Mm. I'd that that whole story had bypassed me until this afternoon um (laughs) so um and and, you know you see it seems like they've got an effective testing regime and 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 all that sort of stuff. So you do hope yeah. we're not going to see anything cancelled. Um, but at the same time, it's not just F1. You know, if there's another spike here in the next three or four weeks, then you know that puts the British Grand Prix at risk. Yeah. Or, um, yeah. You know, Italy or Belgium or um, Hungary. You know, it it, it is. Um, unpredictable at the moment. Mm. Yeah. So, be, before we kind of, before we finish, whenever we're finishing, um, but I, I thought it's worth mentioning. I thought it was worth mentioning the. the um, Stop <laughs> <laughs> it! It's been an hour. Um, <laughs> um, I thought it was worth mentioning that um, that they did really well this weekend with the end racism campaign that they mm. that you know that Lewis has been so um, passionate about, and uh, you know it was it's been handled very well. The fact yeah. that all the drivers got on board with it, you know, the we can kind of discuss about the fact that some people mm. didn't take the knee, but everybody wore the T-shirts and everybody was kind of very much vocal about it, which was very nice to see yeah. and hear. Um, so I think that re- I think that went really well, and it was it was nice that it was such a big presence, uh, you know, in in the race itself that they made a very big point about it. So it means Absolutely. that they're listening to Lewis and they're listening to the fact that this is something that they need to consider as a sport. Um, so it was definitely great to see that. It, it, it is good, but you know, how long has Hamilton been a Formula One driver now? True. And yeah. um, you know, it, it, he's he's made comments and, and and things in the past, and and he's absolutely right. You know, it is. It is sad to see that here we are in 2020, and as you've been racing, what, since 2007? Yes, Six? seven. Yep. Um, you know, he, he, he's had a 13-year career, and, um, you know, there there isn't a lot of diversity in Formula One. Full mm. stop. No. No, um, you know, and that's, that's not just the drivers. That is um, throughout the paddock, and, you know, it's it's not just race as well you know it's still a very male orientated sport mm-hmm. as well yeah um but you know hopefully we're on the right track now yeah. forgive the pun that was <laughs> not intentional um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of there. That, was pu- that was perfect what a strong way to end <laughs> <laughs> but no you're absolutely right it's yeah it's, it's very important i mean i've seen an increase in um more women being present but yeah, there's still a lot more to be done, definitely. Um, yeah, but I think on that real quite powerful note, I think we actually will wrap it up here. Um, it was a very, very exciting weekend. I feel exhausted. Yeah, um, yeah, and we're going to do it all over again next weekend. Um, exactly. The Styrian Grand Prix. Um, I'm really excited about that. I really am. Um, um, so, yeah. Um, Anyway, guys, let us let everyone listening know where can we find you, Andrew? 
Uh, you can find me at oddmint84. And, and every other podcast invented. And every other <laughs> podcast invented. Um, and yeah, you can find me on Twitter at original underscore PMF. And you can find me at Dreamcast Bubba. Um, yeah. And also, of course, you can find us all at Three Pricks Pod on Twitter. Anyway, yeah, that's it. Great. Thank you very much, guys. It's been awesome. Um, and we'll do it again real soon. Yeah. Yeah. Speak to you all See next you later. week. Bye. Bye.